Hey, welcome to another Drink Chasers podcast. Your host here, Harvey Harrington. Got a guest today. Good friend of mine. Basketball definitely take you a lot of places. I, I've met thousands and thousands of people through the game of basketball. Uh, no, this is this is a, another yet a, another example of how basketball has benefited me on in life. I met this guy. He was a former Indiana Pacer, played in the league for a good little while. Uh, great businessman, great father. Got Eddie Gill on the line. How you doing, Eddie Gill? Fantastic, Harb. I appreciate you having me. Man, man, definitely, definitely good having you on. I know you're uh, right now. You're you're a uh, you're on Fox Sports Net, right? Aren't you doing something for the Pacers now? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Fox Sports at the end of the last three years, I've been doing the pregame and postgame analysis. Uh, and then also the last two years, been doing a little bit of radio stuff with them on the road. Right. Um, not not a significant amount, but uh, the, the most of what I do is on the, on the TV. And that's at the home games right. uh, primarily. But uh, yeah, been, been enjoying it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, people see you on on the Pacers Network, and they and they see you reporting. Now they're gonna know a little bit about you. So let's let's talk about you. What? Give me a little background about where you came from, how you got into sports. Give me some background on how how you became how Eddie Gill became uh, Eddie Gill. Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. So, uh, born in New Jersey, to uh, <laughs> to another Eddie Gill, actually. So I'm the, I'm the third. Right. My, my son, uh, who we can talk about later on, is, is the fourth. Okay. Um, yeah, so born in, in New Jersey, the two teenage parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my mother wanted to to make a, a better way for me, and then we we saw that out in, in Denver, Colorado. So I moved out there in grade school. Wow. Uh, um, you know, unfortunately, I fast forward a little bit. Lost lost my father at nine years old. Um, previously, he did introduce the game of basketball to me. It was a passion of mine. Uh, I, I chased it down as long as I could for, for um, you know, a significant amount of time. And pl- played it a ton as a kid growing up. I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship, went to Weber State University, uh, played ball there. And then, and then I chased the basketball all around the world for, for 12 years, um, seven of those years in the NBA, two of those years, as you mentioned, with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, settled down in Indianapolis uh, with my family. I have an 18-year-old boy, 16-year-old girl. Uh, my wife, Marissa, is a director of a school, uh, the Independence Academy, right. school for kids with autism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so definitely been, been doing, doing quite a bit the last five years got into to wealth management, um, right. uh, with Wise Financial at Northwestern, Northwestern Mutual. Right. And, um, and yeah, in the last three years been, been doing this work here with the, with the patients of the Fox Sports Indiana nice. here that you mentioned earlier. Nice, nice. So, in the wake of March Madness, and actually today's yeah. is what is it? The twenty. It's the twentieth today, and the tournament starts in what? It starts tomorrow, isn't it? It's tournament. Yeah, it starts tomorrow, Thursday. Yeah, so the tournament starts tomorrow. So, in the wake of the NCAA tournament, let's talk about you at Weber State. Um, I recall you guys taking down the North Carolina UNC. Talk a little bit about your experience at at uh, Weber State. Tell me a little bit about taking down North Carolina, the North Carolina, and what was that like? Yeah, it was it was incredible. We're actually coming up on the uh, this actually is the the twenty year anniversary yeah. of uh, of knocking of knocking them off. So it was in nineteen ninety nine, and the 
first round of NCAA tournament, uh, knocking off the North Carolina Tar Heels out in Seattle. We played at T Arena. Right. Uh, that was the, the, the location for that first round. And right. it was a surreal feeling for me because growing up as a kid, uh, University of North Carolina was always my, my favorite team. Right. Um, right. So, <laughs> you know, see that, see that Carolina blue run out onto the, onto the court for warmups was just, you know, I was in awe of the moment. Right. For just a moment, for just a moment. But, you know, the, the competitive spirit in me, Right. completely took over and uh i wanted to win that game more than anyone and uh yeah we were able to go on and pull that victory off and and uh we ended up losing to florida in the next game in overtime right. uh a team we actually were we had a, a, a great chance to beat in regulation but right. it wasn't to be but yeah that, that carolina win was was fantastic i'll never forget it and that's a big deal. That's a big deal coming from, you know, a, little, a smaller school and taking out, taking down a juggernaut like that. That's definitely commendable. Who influenced you growing up? Yeah, man, I had a, a lot of uh, a positive role models in, in my life growing up. Obviously, like I said, I missed my, I lost my father at nine years old. That was uh, completely uh, an adverse, adverse experience for me to say the least. But. I had some positive male role models in my life. Uh, you know, one being my grandfather had some some older cousins, uh, male cousins who were there for me and kind of showed me in the right way to right way to go to guide me. Right. Um, I was I was a member of a boys club. had a, had a coach there. He was he was pretty instrumental as a as a kid, someone outside of my family. Right. And then uh, and then you know if you were growing up in the '90s in, in middle school and 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 in, and in high school and around the '90s. Right. You you were a fan of ba- you were a fan of basketball. Right. Uh, something was wrong with you if you, if you weren't a fan of Michael Jordan. So, sure. Sure. so Michael Jordan was a guy who inspired me. Obviously, he was uh, one of the greatest to ever do it. And right. um, you know, I had that guy all over my wall. So, right. So yeah. So those are kind of the, the positive influences me for me on and off the court. Right. Right. So what what was your what was your journey like? I know you I know you got to the NBA. I know a little bit of background about you. But I want our listeners to hear what was your journey like going from high school to I believe you went overseas and then, you know, you, you inked some deals with, you know, like teams like Pacers. I know you played for the Nets. Tell me a little bit about how you how your journey was. What did, what did that look like? Yeah, so I, so I guess starting starting off, uh, that, you know, back to that Carolina game, that kind of catapulted my uh, potential for a professional career in the game of basketball. I believe um, so. It, yeah, so so after that, you know, my, that was my junior year, and then my senior year, mm-hmm. there are a number of scouts and, and and so on and so forth. The people coming to the games our senior year to see if we were really if we were really for real and if we were a good team and if we had good players, obviously. And, uh, right. Right. Um, at, one of my teammates he had thirty six against Carolina and then thirty four against Florida. So quite honestly, I I benefited from his huge games that he had against those teams in the tournament. Right. Uh, I, I had good games myself, but you know they were they weren't on the scoring or they weren't on that level. Right. So uh, you know everybody was coming to see him, and 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 little old me was on the team as well. So <laughs> it actually worked 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 to my favor, and um, had a good senior year, and um. You know, I, there were <clears throat> excuse me. There was mock. There were mock drafts leading up to it, as there always are. And, and my eyes were glued to all of them. Right. And uh, I was projected projected middle of the first round to middle of the second round guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I fall complete fall completely out of the draft. So I was 
I started my professional career with great disappointment because I wasn't drafted, but uh, I had, you know, great, great self-belief and, and knew what I was capable of. And so I just, you know, worked my tail off and I was able to, to get back into the NBA. And um, you mentioned going overseas. So it was a, it was a, it was a situation where I was in and out of the league or going overseas or I played in the D league also, uh, you know, I'm the poster guy for what they call a journeyman, but um, you know, coming out of Weber state, um, you know, I, I, I feel like I, I fared pretty well for, for a guy uh, who was not on the radar at all, uh, right. you know, going into college. Um, but that was, that was kind of, you know, obviously there's a lot going on within that 12 years, but the, the short story is that, you know, it was, there was never a time where I didn't feel like I was grinding and, and, and earning my spot. So right. I, I come to have great appreciation for, for everything. Right. that I was able to accomplish on the basketball court. And then also you mentioned at the very start, you know, that basketball has physically taken me to a lot of places and also put me in touch with a lot of different people to right. to expand my my business as, as a person moving forward. Right. right. Mentally, so what was that like mentally for you mm -hmm. to, you know, obviously you was – you was on those on those draft boards and you know kind of went up kind of mm -hmm. went down and a lot of people you know are can be crushed by something like that mentally how did you how did you go about it or what was in your head that pushed you that got you to that signing of that first team you know tell me what what were you thinking yeah. what was your mindset like i think it was a a, a faith and a, and a battle of wills with with internally Okay. Um, it was just something that, hey, I, I know what I'm capable of. I, you know, I've played against, you know, with all the pre-draft camps, you end up playing against all the, the quote-unquote elite talent, elite right. players. Right. And in all of those situations, I, I more than held my own. So, right. um, you know, I went out and, and got good representation in terms of my agent. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, I, and I thought between what he's able to do you know, off the court and what I'm able to do on the court, right. I, I'll be able to, I'll be able to get back in. I'll be able to get back in and prove that I, I'm, I'm worthy of uh, being there. So right. that was uh, the biggest thing for me. And then also just staying even keeled, you know, um, you know, there's a, initially when disappointment happens, so sometimes you can emotionally let it just consume you and, and take over, right. you know, who you are as a person. But, you know, once we start making emotional decisions or emotional behaviors, um, you know, oftentimes negative things happen or it negatively impacts our performance. So, right. um, so I just, I just try to remain positive and, and keep a, keep a level head and, and just that, like I said, that self, that self-belief. So anytime those adverse situations came, um, you know, I just try to say, Hey, I got to get to the next moment, whatever it may be. Right. And, and then, and also having said it, even when I had some success, when I had, you know, a great moment, when I had a, you know, a great accomplishment, I was like, okay, you know, this is great, but you know, the, the journey is still, is still on. So I got to right. continue to perform. I got to continue to, to excel at whatever I'm doing. So right. uh, I just, I think keep, keeping an even keel uh, mindset was, was really important for me. Right. Right. Now I, I want to know your thoughts. We, we got a, a new breed of athletes now and, and I'm talking young to professional I want you to I want you to, to tell me what you think about that for one. Uh, what, and what I mean about new breed, you know, let's talk NBA for a second. We're not going to name any names or anything like that, but it seems like now that 
players are just ready to jump on this particular team with this star or they're ready to, to jump ship and not actually um, hold their team down. Kind of like when you played, it was, it was a couple teams that played and, you know, this star was over here, that star was over there, and it wasn't like stars jumping nowadays. And I think that's starting to rub off on a lot of these kids. I mean, just the mindset is just that you're going to go, you're going to be with the best players, and you're going to try to win. What is your mindset on how things are trending uh, overall with young kids, with professional players and what they're doing? How, what, what do you think about that versus when you was in the game? Yeah, I think uh, the, the connectivity that, that guys have right now is, is at another level and at the new heights mm-hmm. um, with with what they do with each other, both on the court, off the court, business-wise, mm-hmm. how they spend their times off in the offseason, the, the the social media pressures that are out there. And then also, um, you know, media and fans right. are attaching – championships to to someone's legacy and defining defining someone's legacy defining their career on whether they win a championship or not or whether they win multiple championships or not right um so when when certain guys they decide hey i, I gotta go find a way to, to win this championship they feel like hey i gotta go link up with whoever it may be or form this super team right um so i think it's just a product of what's been created um <clears throat> like i said again off the court but you know, it, it's just different. It's just a different time. It's oh. just a different time. Like you, you, you mentioned, you know, back in the day, you would have Patrick Ewing here. You would have Charles Barkley there. You would have Reggie Miller here. You would have, you know, all these fantastic Hall of Fame players, right? Um, in their own kind of in their own particular lane, and they're just staying there. You know, you know, win, lose, or draw, they're just gonna stay there and try to make the best of it. Right. And then nowadays, <clears throat> you know, you have different people being compared to the greats of the game, and the first thing they talk about is, okay, well, how many championships does he have? Right. Um, and and I'm, I'm not one of those guys. Like, I'm, I'm not defining any one player by how many championships he has. Right, for sure. I, 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 think it, I think it's great. Don't get me wrong. It definitely is a feather in your cap. Right. But I, I, also, I also know that it takes more than one guy to win a championship. I also know it, it takes, a, you know, a, a yeah. full – Compliment, compliment of players. I also know that everybody has to be healthy throughout that entire playoff run. Um, so, so I think it's unfair to define guys um, based on how many championships they got if yeah. they're if they're a great player or not. That's just that's just never been my approach to it. Um, like I said, it does help and it's great, but you know, just because so and so has however many championships doesn't mean that they're the greatest player or not. I don't, you know, right. that's just not my my approach to it. Right. Right. I mean, I, I, I feel a couple of ways about it. I'm old school. And the way I feel is, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't believe in joining forces. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to beat you. It's like, you know, my, my brother's Al, obviously. And anytime we play, yeah. I'm playing against him because I'm trying to beat you. That's just, that's right. how, how, who and who I am and how I operate. Now, um, I've seen, you know, my brother's been in the league for a good little while, and I've been around it. Most guys, when, they, when their career starts to slide and they're on that, on that lower end, you know, they tend to jump around, which, you know, I, I'm like, okay, well, you played you played it out for 15 years, and now uh, 14 and fi- year 14 and 15, now all of a sudden you're going to go to this team. Well, that's not okay either. But yeah. I, I do know that, 
uh, organizations like the NBA, the NFL, the M- the MBL, uh, the MLB. Excuse me. They when you when you when you're on your later side of your career, you can get thrown around. You know, so I, I don't blame a lot of guys for certain things because you know you, you got to do what's best for you. I don't think that the organizations are gonna just hold you down just to hold you down. Now it depends upon who you are and how long you've been there. But, you know, some guys, mm-hmm. some guys get thrown around like, like nothing. You know, pack your suitcase. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you, that next year, half that season, you could be off the team. So part of it, I don't blame a lot of people. But like I said, me being old school, I, it's, it's kind of non-negotiable. If, if you're in your prime, do what you do. And if you can find some pieces, find some pieces. But don't build a monster team. I'm not cool with that either, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, no, no, I, I hear, I hear you. No, I, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. But especially, all, like your your point about, you know, what what the teams and organizations are able to, or how they're able to to manip- manipulate situations with the players, right. or cut them, or wave right. them, or trade them, or whatever the case may be, at their own discretion. Right. That you you can't you, you can't then be mad at the players when they when they do you know the, the handful of guys like for for example in the NBA there's probably 15 to 20 guys who right. can you know decide, hey, I'm done playing here. I need you guys to trade me. Otherwise, at the end of my contract, I'm out. Right. You know, those guys, those guys who can do that, you know, me as a former player, you know, I mean, obviously there's certain ways you can go about it doing it in a professional manner. Right. Um, you know, there may, be, there may be some debate or argument about that, but I applaud the guys who, who have that type of leverage and that type of power because right. the other 400 guys have no say-so in the matter. Right, right. <laughs> um, so, so I can't be I can't be mad at the the twenty guys who can do something like that if if they decide for whatever reason you know whether I agree with the reason or not but right. the fact that they have that type of they, the fact that they have that type of leverage I mean you know more power to them because right. because in in the in, in, in the everyday world if somebody if, if you or I or anybody else decides they want to up and, and change employers or change you know they can do so and at free will right. um, so. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. I, 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 told, I, told, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean, for every Dwayne Wade, there's, you know, 45 guys that's yeah. like, oh, he's retired? Or oh, he's overseas? People don't even know where they're at. <laughs> and they're just gone. Yeah, or, or, yeah. or, or not or, or not that he retired, or, or he got cut, or, you know, or he got traded, or, right. you know. <laughs> right. You know, like, that guy. Yeah, so there's a lot of those guys out there that we, we just we just dismiss as a as – a, uh, as a society, to some degree, right. At the end of the day, it's a business, so that we know absolutely. That. And and you know firsthand, I know firsthand, it is a business. How, you got so you have two kids, both playing basketball, mm-hmm. and you've Correct. been through this. Uh, you've been through this basketball thing uh, personally. Now you have your two kids. Tell me, tell me something about that. About how how you deal with your kids. Tell me how they differ from you. Tell me, tell me some of the differences and some of the similarities you see in your kids and in yourself. Yeah, um, well, I'll tell you the, the biggest one um, for me growing up. It was like it was the end all to be all for me was was playing ball. Right. If, if it was, it was, and you know, I, you know, back in the day we went we went to the park and played ball. Right. You know, we didn't have to be on, we didn't have to be on some team with fancy uniforms and some. Right. A beautiful, beautiful facility, 
right. which more po- more power to them now. Uh, you know, I would love to have had those opportunities, but we didn't. You know, at least me, I didn't have that growing up. I was, you know, it was me and a ball in a, in a park, and right. that, that was the that was the, <laughs> that was the the start and end of my development. Yeah. I had to, you know, yeah, exactly. So, so I had a I had a tremendous passion for it. You know, right. uh, that's all. I, that's the best way I could describe it. Um, and you know, kind of a funny story. So my son, the, the older one of the, of the two, right. as he was coming up, especially here in Indiana, we know this is a basketball-rich state, and you know, right. kids are playing this basket, basketball year-round at the at the age of ten, which is uh, I, I don't think is a great thing. But that's what that's what kids are doing. So right. when my son was when my son was around that age, you know, people were approaching me asking, so you know, so what AAU team is he playing for? Who, you know, what travel team is he playing for? I'm like. <laughs> well, he's not playing. He's not playing any at AAU or, or, or travel. Yeah, he 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 wants to go fishing. Right. So, so that's what we're gonna do. Um, you know. So it wasn't until he got to middle school where he started to develop to develop a, a passion for the game, where he he wanted to play it. He wanted to get better. He wanted to work on it. You know, he he wanted to play in high school, and then once he got to high school, he wanted to play in college. So. I wanted to to let that passion develop on its own or, or not. Um, you know, of course, selfishly as a former professional basketball player, I would love for my my son to play sure. um, at the least at least on the youth level. I'm not necessarily professional, but but I wasn't gonna I wasn't going to force that on him because that's that's not good for anybody. It's going to get to the point where I you know I may start to sacrifice my my father son relationship with him. Right. Um, if 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 I'm forcing this game on him, so I wanted to make sure that 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 uh, passion for him developed organically. Right. Uh, same thing with my daughter; she, she wanted to play, so she ended up starting playing. But uh, you know, fortunately, my son went on and, and had a had a good uh, good high school career and was able to get himself a, a scholarship over at Grace College at, um, in, in Warsaw, Indiana, and uh, he's finishing up his freshman year there now. And my daughter is finishing up her junior year at a uh, Carmel High School, but ultimately, um, you know, as much as I wanted them to, to play every day, all day, right. you know, that th- those things have to happen on their own because, you know, I know what work uh, is, is, is involved in playing in this game. If you, if you want to be great at it or, or play at a high level. And, and if you, and if, if you're going out there and if I'm making him do that at 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna turn me off by fourteen, turn me and the game off by fourteen, and now right. and now everything everything's been sacrificed. So right. that was a uh, that was important to me is just kind of let let them both uh, find their passion on their own, and then obviously I'm here to to be a resource in in terms of telling them what to do, how to do, what it's going to take to get to whatever level they want to get to, and, and, and that's kind of where we're at now. Right, right. So you you've been around the you know the youth the youth scene. You actually have done training. You've done camps. What what do you what do you see with some a lot of the parents? Are, are a lot of these parents nowadays are they are they a little gun ho? Are they are they are they uh, they perspective on their kids? Is it realistic? Tell me tell me something about or give me a situation that with, with these parents that you can, you know, that, that you would talk about as a, as an ex-professional player, some type of advice that you would give to 
a parent of a kid that maybe, you know, maybe they're just too overbearing or, or you know, talk a little bit, elaborate on it. You know, what, what have you seen uh, out here as far as how the parents are dealing with the kids? Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest thing it, it would be is to let a kid be a kid. Um, and, and what I what I mean by that is, if again, we'll take the age of ten for example, because I've seen it with ten year olds and even younger, with some of the parent and and, and child interaction, yeah. um, they ha- have these incredible expectations for their kid to be, uh, you know, the the best player out there, or they or they think that the kid is the best player and he's going to be, or he or she are going to be, some Hall of Fame. Uh, player and the kid is 10 years old. Right. Um, so they're put, putting all these expectations on the kid or, or they're, they've, they've already anointed their kid as the greatest. Right. So they want everyone else to think that their kid is the greatest. Right. But now that it creates conflict, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's not healthy for the kid. It's not healthy for the, the, for the relationship. And then once you get the kid, it's going to burn out. Um, I'll give you one story. Is you know, when I first started, I did some training about eight years ago with some individual stuff. Yeah. I had a, I had a dad bring a six year old son to me. His, his son is six years old. <laughs> he said, "Hey, you know, um, I was looking for some some one on one training, which which is okay. Right. Uh, you know, that that's that's not the part that's not so bad. But he, he said, you know, my son here, uh, I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering if you can." if you can really help him out with his crossover right. he, he needs he needs to get it a little bit low i'm like and i told him i said hey listen i, I i'd love to help him with the fundamental skills you know right. dribbling with both hands trying to work on his form and passing and so on and so forth but i think we gotta lower our expectations when we're talking about a, a child who's six years old right. and saying that you you want him to have some some fantastic crossover he's six years old right. um <laughs> So it's just, you know, certain things like that. Um, you know, the kid, you know, he can barely get the ball to the rim and, and we're talking about improving this crossover. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, that's just not very realistic. So right. I think that's the, the big thing, just tempering those expectations and let a kid be a kid, let a kid. And the other thing that was important to me is letting the kid try multiple things. Right. You know, the kid can't be can be eight years old and playing one sport year round. Right. Um, you know, that's just, A, there's a great chance he's going to burn out. B, there's a, a great chance that there's going to be some sort of injury because you're pounding the same muscle groups. Right. Um, you know, just all of these things that go into it that they, they just think, oh, I got to, you know, my kid has to be this, 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 you know, because right. just, you know, especially here in Indiana with the game of basketball, there's so much pressure to, and, and some of the coaches, some of the coaches don't help it out help either because they're they're wanting the, that, you know, again that ten year old they want that kid there with them right. the whole time. And if the, and if the kid says, "Oh, I play baseball or I play football," you know, now there's an issue. Right. Um, so if we if we can get more youth coaches embracing and encouraging the idea of playing multiple sports, right. Um, I think. And it doesn't even have to be a sport, you know. I don't know if a, if a kid wants to participate in the choir, the band, you know, right. karate, whatever, whatever, whatever it may be, just participating in different things. Um, again, as a kid, um, you know, once that kid gets to high school, 
um, you know, especially if they want to compete on a collegiate level, okay, now you probably need to focus in, hone in a little bit and, and, and spend some more time and, and uh, really put in the work that's necessary to get to the collegiate level. But we're talking about eight, not eight nine, and 10-year-olds. You know, we, we need to just take a step back and, and let a kid be a kid. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, multiple, multiple sports and activities, we should allow our kids to do, to do those mm. things. I mean, it's not about just one sport because they're good at it right now. Who knows? They might be the next big mm -hmm. track star, but you'll never know. And, mm -hmm. you know, you put that pressure mm -hmm. on them. Now all they're going to want to do is they're going to try to play basketball to please you, and that's not what you want. Mm -hmm. You want the kid to grow up with, oh, my dad was, was the guy that was pushing me just to play football. That was it. I wasn't able to do mm -hmm. anything else. And maybe they could have been great at whatever. And like you said, it doesn't have to be sports. It could be whatever activities they like. Just give it a try. My youngest son is in, in Taekwondo now. I had him doing basketball. Mm -hmm. He's like, Daddy, I don't want it. He's, he's doing Taekwondo. And he loves it. So if that's mm -hmm. what he wants to do, that makes him happy. Let's roll with it. So if you can go back to your younger self and give one piece of advice, like you take yourself now and go back to your 13-year-old self playing in the park, you can give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, to, man, stick with it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty um, cliche and, mm -hmm. and pretty simple, but one thing about it is we, a lot of, a lot of times we don't do the, the fundamental things at a really high level. Right. And, and, um, and not to say that I didn't do that, but um, that that was that's just the biggest thing because it's so easy to hit a wall or hit some adversity or right. because you know that's that, that's life, right? You know we're we're all gonna find um, some sort of hit some sort of adversity. Adversity. Yeah. I, I, you know, I heard something at one at one point in time, mm -hmm. um, and and I and I it's kind of it stuck with me, and it and it is um, you know every person you see or meet throughout the day. They're going through something you know nothing about. Right. <laughs> I agree with that. You know, you know, so so that so that hits us all all at different times and and then you know, and for to your point, thirteen at the part, you know, something there's something going on in that thirteen, you know, in my life. You right. know, in my case I lost my father at I lost my father at nine years old, so I dealt with that and I'm still dealing with that every single day of my life. So right. um <clears throat> with the combination of all sorts of other things so right. there's just uh there's just, there's something to say there's something to be said about you know sticking with it you know right. establishing <clears throat> establishing who you want to be right. um you know you know i guess the other thing is uh you know one of the other ones that, I, that i've really been been stuck to is mm -hmm. um you know get, put yourself around high achievers Right, you know, it's so it's it's so easy to it's so easy to be mediocre, um, you know, you don't want to be mediocre or high achiever, and and right. that's for every individual to define on their own. Right. Um, it's like, hey, which one do you want to be? Because those two groups of people don't like each other either. Right, <laughs> you right. know, mediocre people don't like high achievers, and high achievers don't like mediocre people. So, for sure. Um, you know, decide which which side you want to be on, and, and that's not that's not passing judgment on somebody. There's a certain way that each party carries themselves um and you know that's just that's just what it is so yeah sticking with it you know, right. hanging in there throughout all adversity 
Right. If you if you listen to this podcast, athlete, a parent, I mean, this is something that all kids can benefit from. I mean, a lot of kids need to hear this. You should you, whatever whatever you do, you should stick with it. I remember my my wife told me a story of when she was a freshman in high school, played was a very good basketball player, and she played soccer. Mm-hmm. Well, for soccer, the first year I believe she came out. Uh, was probably like on varsity getting minutes and all that good stuff. Got to her sophomore year and they pushed her down to JV, I guess, to kind of test her and she quit. Now it was, she was going to be one of the best soccer players out there and she stepped away from it. And not only did she quit, she was, was in the season when she quit, you know, she told her dad and she was, you know, just gun ho about she didn't want to be there. She was unhappy that the coach was this, the coach was that. And her dad was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Well, just quit. He said it out of anger. And she took right. it man with it. Well, guess what? They won a state championship. <laughs> so wow. from there, she would have she would have got the experience as a state champion as a state champion for one. Number two, she would have got the play. I I I actually and yeah, good friends with her coach, and her coach was like, you know, they were just te- they were testing her. They even tried to get her to come back. She was like, no. But those are opportunities that she passed on, not sticking with it. Just like what you said, you get mad, and I want out. I, I can't deal with this. Right. Coach. coach doesn't like me. The coach is like this. The coach likes this person. So those are the things that you have to you have to fight to get through. And at the end of the day, no matter what you do, you can take everything from sports and you can apply it to life. You're in a job, and your promotion may be near, but maybe some pressure's on you right now. But what do you do? Do you quit? Do you fall back? Do you fight? What do you do? And if you if you don't have if you don't have that mental toughness, or if you haven't been through any adversity, well, you're gonna fall back, and somebody else is gonna emerge. So these are these are very important things that you, as listeners, you you have to take this into account. And like I said. You, you should give this to your young athletes because we're trying to build we're trying to build a new generation a new breed of of athletes because what's going on right now is not gonna get it so hey thanks e Gill thanks for coming on here um I, I appreciate you taking the time my brother absolutely thank you for t- thank you for having me that was a pleasure oh no problem no problem hey like I said we're we're training over at Hancock Wellness Center. Uh, Dream Chasers Basketball. You can go on Dream Chasers uh, Indie Basketball. You can check out some workouts. You can check out some of the things we have on there. I, I do a lot of different, um, a lot of different motivational um, uh, sayings on there. We actually talk about uh, some issues. Also, uh, if you have any, if you have any questions or any topics that you want uh, addressed, or maybe you want uh, to get some feedback from, you know, a guy like an Eddie Gill or, or a high school coach and you want to know what they're thinking that may be affecting your child, uh, send that in to that Dream Chasers Basketball Indie Camp. Also, you can go on our website, www.dreamchasersbball.com, www.dreamchasersbball.com, and leave me some feedback. Y'all take care.